Amen. So we, would you mind sharing a little bit about, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how that went. First of all, thank you so much for your prayers. It was an amazing, amazing journey. Um, I wouldn't take a million dollars for it. I wouldn't do it again. It was very, very challenging. Everything from the education, um, from walking in the steps of Luther and Calvin, from uh, looking at the place where Jan Hus was burned at the stake, to see where Luther was, um, uh, his the monastery where he was a monk, uh, Wittenberg, where he, uh, the, the towns, Eisenbach, where he grew up, sang in the choir, where, incidentally, Bach's family also worshipped, um, where he was imprisoned at Wartburg Castle uh, to worship in the places where Luther worshipped, uh, his ch- another church, these ancient medieval churches in these ancient cobblestone street towns, uh, the scenery to worship with brothers and sisters in Christ in more than one language. Uh, it was um, it was inspirational. It was to see how these men like Luther and Calvin agonized over what they believe and stood for it even when their lives were at stake. Um, and the friendships the of, of people that we joined together with in Cincinnati, um, uh, friends I may never see again, but how helpful, uh, as one would expect with a Christian group. Um, the scenery... Um, God's creation, everything from a cruise down the Rhine to um, a pretty demanding hike in the Swiss Alps. Uh, just, I can't tell you, uh, I believe our tour guide at one time may have asked two or three of us what the highlight, what we liked the most, and that's not possible to answer. I am so very grateful to have had this opportunity and so thankful to return home to my brothers and sisters in Christ uh, and to realize the history, the men who lived and died and agonized mm-hmm. over the five solas, over what Luther believed, uh, Calvin. Uh, it was It was just... I don't use the word awesome very often, but it was an awesome journey. And thank you for traveling with us. That is pretty amazing. I'm glad, I'm glad you got that opportunity. I'm, I'm jealous that I didn't get to go, uh, but I am so glad that you did get to go and that several people from our church got to go. I think it's definitely one of those... Um, Memories that will last a lifetime. So let's go ahead and get into today's lesson. So here's what you have to hear. We started with Dan a couple of weeks, and then we had a couple of weeks where we did not do um, anything with the Sermon on the Mount. We had I was Dan was uh, Dan was in Germany, and I was in Nevada, Missouri. And I'm sure Dan was jealous of the fact that I was in Nevada and he wasn't. 
But both of us were out of town, so Murray took over that day. And then last week we had Pastor Sasan, who was amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, he was amazing in here. He was amazing in the sanctuary. Uh, it was just a wonderful uh, week. And then this week, we're back for uh, continuing through the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount. But what we're going to do is we're going to try to catch us up this week. Basically, we've been taking one Beatitude and focusing on the one beatitude. But we're going to just going to try to keep ourselves on track. So we're going to do uh, three beatitudes, two, the two that we missed and the two that would have correspond to today. And that comes from the book of Matthew, if you have uh, your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 5. And it begins with verse 5. So we're going to look at 5, 6, and 7. And then I'm going to put you all to work in your, in, at your tables for just a few minutes. But I want you to hear the, uh, the verses. Uh, Matthew 5, 3, uh, rather, Matthew 5, 5, 6, and 7. It says this, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And I love, you're, you're going to notice this throughout the Beatitudes, but there is, um, on all of them, there is a blessing. And that blessing is tied to a... That blessing is tied to a characteristic. I should have done it backwards because the way it mentions it in each one of the verses is it names the characteristic first and then it talks about what the blessing. So, for example, what's that very first characteristic that we talked about? Bless our, well, in verse 5 that we're going to talk about today. Blessed are the meek. Right? And uh, what's the blessing associated with those who are meek? Uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Someone said, well, I don't know if I want to be meek then, because the earth is in pretty bad shape presently. Don't know if I want to be responsible for that. But we'll talk about what that means in here in a, here in a second. So uh, the, the characteristic and the blessing... Go again. What's the next characteristic? Hungry and thirsty. Right? And specifically for righteousness. And, and the, 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 the blessing that is associated with that is what? The blessing associated with that is satisfaction. And then the very last one. Merciful, and uh, they will what? Okay. They will obtain mercy. They will receive mercy. Here's what I'd be interested in finding out. Just really quick before we kind of do a little bit of group work. These are the characteristics. Meekness, hunger and thirsty. Uh, hungry and thirsty for righteousness, right? Uh, and then merciful. Does anyone have a Bible translation that translates any of these a little differently? Okay, here, uh, there's, a, there's, uh, there's one that says uh, filled. 
great. Anybody else? Any other any other variations? Oh, okay, great. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, great. Meek is also humble. All right. Anybody else? Anything in your Bible that says anything uh, different than what we have on the board? I like to do that because sometimes we see a word like meek, and in particular, in, in this case, uh, we see a word like meek, and meek is not one of those words that we use often or understand well. So one of the things I like doing, and it's very easy today, uh, if you have a, a Bible on your phone, it's very easy to just start comparing all the different translations. So I typically uh, use the ESV because you can't spell saved without ESV, right? So that's my favorite, uh, that's my favorite translation. But, <clears throat> but if I don't understand a word, um, you could go, if you have the capacity, to your Strong's Dictionary and look up the, the Hebrew or the Greek. But if you don't have that capacity, you could just start looking at all the different translations and see how that word is translated. And that gives you a better understanding of what that word is. So here's what I want to do. I want to have some table time. Uh, and it, Because we're looking at these characteristics. And it's easy for me to say... Meek, right? But do I know what that means? What does that mean? When, I read, when you read hungry and thirsty for righteousness, I don't want you just to read it. I want you to really begin to process it and say, what does that mean to me? So here's, here's I thought I saw a hand for just a second. Okay. Ah. I like that too because one of the things that one of the things that I looked at definitely that would help uh, bring about that idea. One of the ideas that I want to talk about here in a second. So here's what I want you to do at your table. Um, three. I want you to answer three questions, particularly about these elements: uh, meekness, hungry and thirsty for righteousness or justice, and merciful. There's three questions I want you to talk about, about these three elements at your table. One, what does it mean to me, right? And the great, the great, great, great um, benefit of asking the question of what does it mean to me is there's no wrong answer because it means to me what it means to me. It might not mean that to you. I'm not just asking what does it mean. I'm asking when I read that scripture, what are the things that jump out to me? So don't worry. You're safe giving anything that it means to you. So I want you to talk about what does it mean to me. The next thing I want you to talk about is, guess who is the perfect embodiment of every one of the characteristics of the Beatitudes? It's, I'll give you a hint. It is not Orlando Lopez, Howard Griffin, or even Murray Gossett. 
right? The perfect embodiment of all the characteristics that we see in the Beatitudes is anybody? Jesus, that's right. So how do I see this? How do I see this in Jesus? So I want you to talk. We're going to spend a little bit more time at tables than we usually do. But I want you to talk through how do I see meekness in Jesus? Right. How do I see the fact that Jesus is hungry and thirsty for righteousness or hungry and thirsty for justice? How do I see in Jesus the fact that he's merciful? So I've defined what it means to me. And now I want to see where I can find it in the life of Jesus. Everyone's tracking with me, right? One last question. Here's where, like Nacho Libre says, this is where we get down to the nitty-gritty, right? And the, the big question is, all right, I've, I've said, here's what meekness means to me. I've said, here's how I see it in the life of Jesus. And I'm not going to ask, how are you living it? Because some of us might say, oops, I'm not. So you don't even have to worry about that question. I'm going to ask simply, how can I live it out? I understand what it means to me. Here's how I see it in the life of Jesus. And now here's how I can live it out. All right. And so we're probably going to spend about seven minutes at the table because I want you to do that with each one of these three. And then we're going to come back and talk about it as uh, as as a class. We're going to kind of uh, codify everything that everyone's talked about. All right. So does everyone understand we're answering these three questions for meekness, hungry and thirsty for righteousness and mercifulness? If you can do that at your tables, wonderful. I'll be walking around. If you have a question, uh, please pull me in. So go ahead and let's work at your tables for about the next seven minutes. So maybe uh, it looks by the clock, it looks like it might, we might come back together at 1030. Okay. I'm hoping you made it past meek. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, and that's okay. Because more than anything, what I'm having you do is actually a really great method for Bible study. And I'll tell you exactly what that is, and you can remember it by the word soap. So if you're, wonder, if you're, wonder, if you're wanting to do Bible study a little different, I encourage the SOAP method, which actually you've already kind of started to do today. So here's what SOAP stands for. SOAP stands for, first of all, so if you have a journal, you could write at the very top of that page the scripture that you're looking at today. Today it would have been Matthew 5, 5, 6, and 7. Right? And you can do this for an entire passage. You can do this for a, a few verses. You can do this for one verse. So we, we gave the, the scripture right there at the very beginning. The very next thing that you're going to do, again, if it, this works really well if you like journaling, because the very next thing you're going to do is you're going to, after you've read the passage, you are going to observe, O-B-S-E-R-V. You're going to observe. You're going to take a passage. You're going to look at it. You're going to say, what does this mean to me? How do I see this in the life of Jesus? What are some of the other things that I can see in the life of the apostles throughout the Bible? And so you begin to observe and you journal whatever those observations are. The next thing is this right here.
you journal about the application. How do I live this out? What's, what's the next step for me? What's God, call, as I read this verse, what is God calling me to do? You answer the question, how now shall I live? Right? And then the very last part is? <coughs> prayer. You say, okay, God, here's, what I, here's, what, here's the passage I read. Here's what I feel like I'm seeing in the passage. Here's what I feel like you're asking me to apply to my life. And now let me say this prayer. Lord, I need help to do this in these ways. Teach me these things. You just pray through whatever you've learned. And so that's a really simple way to engage the Bible in a way that maybe you haven't, but it's really exactly what you've done today. You can do it in a group setting. Uh, you can, you, if you ever have to teach a, a, a Sunday school, a, a Bible study lesson or whatever, you can use that method right there. Hey, let's do soap. So you give them the scripture, you give them a time to observe, you give them a time to apply, and you end with a prayer, and then you've just spent 45 minutes digging, and everyone thinks, oh my goodness, you're an amazing teacher! <laughs> Yes. Right. And so here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm, I'll challenge you a little bit, Mr. Wells. And I will say it is applicable. It's just very difficult when we try to live it out on our own. But when we're empowered by the spirit, it's a very different scenario. And I'll, the story I can tell of that is my dad, my dad, I've not ever had to live through world. I've never, I appreciate, so appreciate all of those in the military. I've never served, uh, but I honor those who have, and I love so many in my family have have. And so my dad was a Vietnam war veteran. And can I tell you something for the longest time? He hated anyone, even as a pastor, he hated anyone of any oriental descent because of the atrocities he saw and experienced in the war. But one day at a Promise Keepers event, they said something and it ministered to his heart. And I I get that it's applicable because it's what he's asking us to live. It's just really hard. And in his flesh, he couldn't forgive. But in that moment, the Spirit of God did a work that transformed his heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And he broke down immediately and turned and, and just three guys down from where he was seated, from where he was seated was someone of Asian descent. And dad went and asked forgiveness for the bitterness that he had had in his heart against everyone of Asian descent. He asked this man. And again, that's not something that Orlando can do. It's not something that Wells can do. It's not something that any of us here can do. It has to come by the Spirit of God. So it's applicable because we always want the Spirit of God to be working in our lives. So thank you for that observation, and I get it. It's very difficult. So let's walk through some of this and see how, uh, see some of the things that you've said it means to you, see some of the ways you saw it in Jesus' lives, see some of the ways you thought about applying it to your own life. So uh, blessed are the meek. So what, when you see that word meek, uh, we talked a couple of things. Uh, someone said gentleness, someone said humbleness. When you see the word meek, what does it mean to you? Okay. Oh, I like that. Meekness is the opposite of pride. Definitely. Definitely. Someone else, what does it mean to you? 
Okay, definitely slow to anger. It's this, uh, 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 it's the opposite of pride. It's kind of, it's not being a doormat, right? Because sometimes we think meekness is letting everyone walk all over you. Well, Jesus was meek, but did he let everyone walk all over him? No, we see him in the temple. And what's he doing in the temple? He's throwing tables over, right? I love that, that little internet meme. It says, uh, Remind when some when someone asks you what would Jesus do, remind them turning over tables and uh, running people out with whips is entirely within the realm of possibilities. <laughs> so uh, I, I love that. Someone else, what what is meek? When you say meek, what are some of the things that jump into your mind? I love that. There's an element of there's an element of meekness. In forgiveness, and I love that idea because, again, it's not that I'm powerless; it's that I'm executing the power that God has given me. And I'm saying, you know what? I could be angry forever, but I'm not going to be. I'm going to forgive and exercise that meekness. I love that. So here's. Uh, so how do we see some of this meekness in Jesus? When you talk about Jesus being meek. I love that. He loves the little children. He says, let the children come unto me and hinder them not. For such as this is the kingdom of God. I love that. There's a a verse that reminds us of his meekness. And it says, a bruised reed, what? He will not break. Right? It's not that he can't. It's that he's exercising the self-control that comes about with meekness. Um, Anybody else? How do we see it in the life of Jesus? Over here. I love that. Meekness is not reactionary. It is active. We see Jesus not reacting, but actually reaching out in meekness. I love that. Do you have an example of how he does that? Put you on the spot, I know. I love that. The woman at the well. And, And again, it's this idea of Jesus, should he be talking to her? No. Could, are people going to think, oh, this man's of a bad reputation because he's talking to the, to the woman? At the Probably. But again, it's this humility, and it doesn't matter who she is or what station she has in life. He's going to take the time to talk to her because he knows that her life needs to be transformed in that moment. Great example. Well, he had uh, healing powers. He had healing powers. Mental, physical. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. And I think that's even still... Part of his, his meekness, because I love, there's a, there's a passage that says that he goes into the town and he heals all their sick. And then he moves on. And that's that idea of meekness still, because it's this idea of humbleness and gentleness, because he could have stayed there and just soaked in the glory, but he knows he's got things to do in the next place. And it's not about, they wanted to make him king, and it's not about that for him, Right? It really is about doing the work of God. So that's meekness in Jesus, and I love all those examples. How can we live it out? Yes, ma'am. One of the translations was like that. Mm-hmm. 
I do love that idea because part of this idea of meekness, particularly as we live it out, is this. Meekness we only think of as a response and a way we interact with the people around us. But ultimately, it's also a way we respond to and interact with God. It's this idea of humility. God, I know I'm not, I don't have the whole, I don't see the whole picture and I don't have all the answers. And I'm going to trust you even though I could sit here and I could throw a fit. But I'm content with what you allow me to know and what the situation is. And I'm content because I know you're in control. So that's definitely a great way to live it out, a, a great little thing to observe, to see as you can live it out. How else can we maybe live out meekness? Serving. Serving. Great. Serving others. As a matter of fact, I just saw in the, the uh, Great Hall, Saturday of Services coming up. That's a great way to live out meekness. I have a, a, somewhere, from an out from somewhere, I have meek means house slave. Interesting. House slave for serving. Uh, house slave. So it, again, we, we balk at that word slave, but that's, there's a very biblical idea, and it's that idea of serving uh, and and. It's, it's not always easy. Is meekness easy? No, it's not. You know what? You look at, people look at people who are meek and really living out meekness, and sometimes they think they're weak people. That meekness is not weakness at all, at all, at all. Meekness is almost this idea of power under control. And so, don't ever see anyone, even if uh, you're described as meek, as being weak. Uh, time runs away from us. So, um, uh, next, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, for they shall be satisfied. What are some of the things that, uh, what does it mean to you? Strong, I love that, strong desire to seek out righteousness. So here's that idea of my wife when she was pregnant. I found this out, and I don't know if it was my wife or women in general when they're pregnant, but uh, when, a pregnant, when my wife was pregnant and she got hungry, it was like, Orlando, I have to eat right now. Now, not in five minutes, not in ten minutes. I need something in my and like uh, it was. I think they did the Snickers, the hangry commercials uh, for Snickers. I think they patterned that after my wife because she was just not the same person in the moment. And it was this desperate. It was like Orlando. Uh, we need to walk. We need to. We need to stop at that Taco Bell. And I'm like, sweetie, we don't even like Taco Bell. I'm hungry now. Taco Bell's going to do just fine. And it was this. There's. I have to do this right now. I think that's what you're talking about. Or when you're so thirsty and you just you you end up near some nice cold water and it's just like it's not like little sipping like. Right, it's just like look, 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 right, and it's that idea of this passionate desire for what. For righteousness. I think we need a passionate desire for righteousness. Yes, ma'am. I think of Jim Elliott, one of the missionaries martyred in Ecuador, who said he is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. That's absolutely right. And it's, it's that understanding of this is the most important thing in life. 
I need to seek after righteousness. And does that describe us? Are we really hungry for righteousness? Are we really thirsty for righteousness? Are we really desiring with a passion to live a life of holiness because we're seeking hard after God? And that's the big question. But it's interesting, uh, and I'm just going to do this because time's getting... It gets away from me every week, right? But I'm going to do this because uh, time's getting away. Someone had mentioned that their translation also said justice for those who hunger and thirst after justice. And that's an important idea because the way this plays out is, yes, it's hungering and thirsting after God and desiring God, but it's also hungering and thirsting to see justice done where? Here on this earth. And this idea of when we see injustice, it should make us, it should hurt us. You know why? Because injustice on this earth ultimately hurts the heart of God. And so how do we live it out? We seek out justice for those who are oppressed, for those who have no one to speak out for them. And that's a hard thing in life, but it really is hungering and thirsting, not just for righteousness in relationship with God, but justice in relationship with our brothers. And we again, we see Jesus do this time and time again. We see him hungering after righteousness. He spends whole evenings in prayer. And we see him living, uh, according to the scriptures, a perfect sinless life. That's hungry and thirsting after righteousness. But we also see him when they bring the woman in adultery to him. What does he do? He says, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. And everyone runs away. Why? Well, she's brought to him because they want to stone. Well, where's the man? I... It's pretty obvious that this is a setup and the man got away because he was part of the setup, but they needed to catch her in the act so they could stone her. And Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't, uh, doesn't buy it. And he, he does this idea of justice. And as we just walk through the minor prophets, there's that idea of Jesus saying, hey, hey guys, you know what I have against you? You've oppressed the poor. You haven't stood for righteousness and justice with everybody. And again, it, it, it it's against the heart of God. And so that's a way that, that this lives out. Just, so really quickly, really very last one. Uh, very last one is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So when you hear merciful, what are some of the things that jump into your mind? I am thankful that God is merciful to us. Yes, I, I'm... I am thankful that God is merciful to us. What's mercy mean to you? Forgiving. forgiving. I heard forgiving over here somewhere. Something else? Grace. You have to have empathy to be able to think about the other person and how they need mercy. I love that. Empathy. I heard something here. Did I hear something here? Grace. Uh, absolutely. Mercy and grace are always connected. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Right? And so it's this idea of when you don't give people what they deserve, you're displaying mercy. And that opens up the channels for God to not give you what you deserve. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, mercy opens the channels of mercy. So how do I live it out? Just really quickly. How do I live that out? I love that. Love God. And when we really get that right, we will love others and it will be easy to walk in mercy with them.
Very good. Anybody else? Definitely, the golden rule is not he who has the gold makes all the rules. That's not the golden rule. <laughs> Treat others the way you would like to be treated. And uh, we, you know what? We hear that idea of the golden rule in lots of different places, even in secular society. But that is a solid biblical principle. And it's this idea of mercy. Yes, ma'am. Right, and I think I think if you start with the, the idea of I want people to understand who I am and where I come from, and then let the rest of, so now I need to understand who you are and where you come from, and build relationship and talk to you so that I understand. I think that definitely begins to foster conversation, and we are we are over time. So guess what we're going to end with? Oh, look at that! We are going to end with. We're going to end with prayer. Imagine how that works. Lord, we come before you and we are thankful uh, that you are merciful to us. We're thankful uh, that you allow us to hunger and thirst after you and you fill us and satisfy us. We're thankful that you allow us to uh, be hungry for righteousness and justice for those around us. Lord, we are thankful uh, that uh, you... um, are teaching us how to live in meekness. So, Lord, what we want to do is not just sit here and talk about it. We want to go out and live it. Help us to do that for your honor and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.